Welcome to the White Man Can Jump Podcast. This is your host, John Whited, a.k.a. Mr. No Look. And today I'm joined by the only Suns fan I know, Cody Hall. <laughs> How you doing, Cody? Pretty good, man. I appreciate it. Appreciate having me here. It's awesome. I appreciate you being here. So we'll get to your Suns here in a little bit, but let's start with the big news coming from last night, and that is Giannis Antetokounmpo. I think that's how you pronounce the name. We'll call him the Greek Freak from now on. But um, he suffered a knee injury. We still don't know the severity of it, but it didn't look good. And the odds of him coming back this series, you know, aren't that great. Um, it's just another injury that you can add to the list um, that's happened this postseason or that happened before the postseason that's affected this postseason. So, you know, it's not what you wanted for the Eastern Conference Finals. Right now, you have the two best players in that series and. Two of the best players in the league, both out. Um, it's you know obviously um, we got a pretty decent game last night. The the Hawks were able to win. Um, they were dominating even before Giannis went out, um, and they got the W and tied up the series. Um, now we have really no way to break down the rest of the series because we don't know if the two best players are going to play. But um, what are your thoughts on you know what transpired last night and and maybe what what you think is going to happen going forward? I mean, there's, there's a lot of ifs here. Yeah, so there's definitely a lot of ifs. Um, what's awesome though is that now, uh, well, it's not awesome. They're both out, but now you're going to see coaching get better and where the coaches come out. And so you mean the Hawks are going to win? <laughs> I think the Hawks are going to win now. Definitely, uh, Chris Milton, he's not going to step up to the plate. He did that one game uh, two games ago, but now it's a... Uh, He's good for one a series, and I think he already used up his one. Yeah, he used up his one, and now they're, uh, the Hawks are a pretty deep team. they got a lot of shooters, so they'll be able to capitalize on that. Uh, it does suck with these injuries, though. It does look like both of those weren't caused by the whole shortened season. No, they, they're, you know, freak accidents. or yeah. landing awkwardly. Yeah, it could happen any game, any time, and... Uh, yeah. It wasn't a ligament tear or anything like that. So thankfully, it's just gonna be it'll be interesting to see what um, the Bucks do coaching wise, and they're not yeah. good at this point in the season. So yeah, <laughs> it'll be no, interesting. Budenholzer hasn't made many changes yet. Um, you know, he at least had you know one of the five best players in the league to fall back on. You know, that's always a good card to play. Um, he's still in this series. I mean, obviously Trey Young wasn't out there last night, but hasn't made the adjustments to Trey Young after he torched him in game one. They still sat back on the pick and roll and let him, you know, do whatever he wanted out there. So, um, yeah, we'll see now that he's actually forced to absolutely make changes because the star player and number one option on offense for at least the first 45 minutes of the game is out. Um, but, you know, let's go talk about the Hawks a little bit. You know, Lou Williams was the replacement for Trey Young in the starting lineup, and that was his first career playoff start in 15 seasons, um, surprisingly enough. I mean, he obviously came off the bench normally, but still a little surprising that long, yeah. and he made the most of it. Uh, 21 points, 5 rebounds, 8 assists on 7-9 from the field. Um, he started out hitting his first six field goals. He had 19 points on those six field goals halfway through the third quarter, so... He couldn't ask for anything better than that. He did his best Trey Young impersonation. Yeah. Um, he even got after it on the rebounds, had a couple boards in traffic, which you, you wouldn't expect out of him. Um, he was great. Um, I don't know that they're going to want to run him out there in the starting lineup the next two games or next three games if they can avoid it, but um, he played much better than he had during the playoffs so far. 
Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, I mean, how old was he now? He's got to be 36. 15, he's probably, probably 34 at least because he, he came right out of high school. So That's true. He did. Um, so 18 plus 50. Yeah, he's probably, probably 34. But, yeah, he's getting up there. He's got a lot of miles on him. He does. And he's uh, he's not the point guard you want to take over. He's a great scorer. Yeah, he's not he's not a set it up for everyone else. Guard. But he, he did a pretty good job with eight assists last night, um, which, you know, you wouldn't necessarily expect. You, you might expect the 21 points, um, but normally not with that efficiency on nine shots. I mean, that's pretty incredible. But with um, those assists, I mean, that kind of tells you the coaching, that they obviously yeah. game plan for him starting and they executed and did exactly what they were supposed to do. Yeah, and, I mean, obviously Trey Young, you want him in the lineup every game if you're the Hawks, but, I mean, you saw the ball move a lot better. Um, you know, obviously you want to put the ball in Trey's hands, but it sticks in his hands, and a lot of the possessions are – Pick and rolls with him making a decision, which he is a great decision maker. That's, But there's also something to be said about getting everyone involved in every play. The ball was moving, more balanced scoring, um, just better team basketball. Agreed. Um, oh, yeah. I, like I said, they'll still want him back, then, um, and they'll go back to the high pick and roll and try to torch the Bucks that way. But um, you can live with what they're doing on offense. Um, like you said, they got a bunch of shooting around. They actually, you know, were 51% from the field last night. Didn't, surprisingly, you know, I thought if they would get a W last night, they would light it up from three. They shot okay from three, right around league average, 13 of 38, 34%. So, um, you know, one of the big things they did um, was on the defensive end is they held Milwaukee to 44 points in the paint, which sounds like a lot, but in the first three games, they averaged 63. So, and that's a huge difference. Um, part of that, you can probably add maybe... Eight to ten points that Giannis would have had in the paint if he played the whole game. Yeah, but I mean, that's that's still key to forcing them to make the three, which they have been wildly inconsistent during the playoffs with. Yeah, I agree. I mean, when you get held to that many points, that's it's because of Giannis. I mean, when they game plan, when Bulls are how do you say that <laughs> game plans? I mean, it's basically Giannis run to the middle and then kick it out or dunk it. Yeah. And, I mean, it's a pretty simple game plan, but then when yeah, you lose that, yeah. now what do you do? Because Brooke Lopez isn't the, the Nets Brooke Lopez that used to dominate down low. Now he's no, just, just a, a point sh- shooter. shooter and doesn't get any rebounds, plays zero <laughs> defense. And then you got to rely on Chris Middleton, and there's just guys around there that just – I mean, Drew Holiday is what showed up for one game, and then yeah, he's been, he has the not, whole playoffs. He's he's, yeah, he's had his moments on defense like he always does, um, which you expect, and he, he's done pretty well um, from assists and, and setting up his teammates. But he hasn't been that consistent scoring threat that they signed him or traded for him for to be that third option that they really need to, you know, win it all yeah. exactly. And um, and now he's going to have to be that second option, um, so there's even more pressure on him and. Same thing with Middleton. I mean, he had a great third or fourth quarter. Yeah, twenty in the fourth. Um, but that was, we haven't seen that consistently out of him. So now that there's more pressure on him. It seems less likely that we will see that because um, he doesn't have Giannis there to attract the defense. So um, you know, one other um, player that played well for the Hawks is um, someone who's barely played at all this postseason. I think this was his second game back. Cam Reddish. Um, He'd been out for an extended period of time. Um, we were talking before the podcast, you know, bringing anyone back that hasn't played in a couple months or several weeks at least in the playoffs that isn't 
your best player, or one of your two or three best players, is risky because you just don't know what you're going to get out of them. Especially yeah. this is Cam Reddish's first playoffs too, so you don't know how people are going to react to the playoffs. Um, it's just a different beast. Um, he's been inconsistent as a pro so far. One thing that has been consistent though is his defense. He's been a great defender since he came in the league. He played great defense on Middleton. Um, that's part of the reason why Middleton struggled. Um, he had a couple steals. Early in the game, got out in transition, got some easy buckets. Um, he ended up with 12 points, five rebounds, was five and nine from the floor in 23 minutes, and just just gave him great energy. Um, and just like you said, that's another guy that got off the bench. It's a weapon for him. Yeah, I mean that's a that's a steal if you can get a guy like that in your lineup to just, especially that's coming back from injury, and then just to come out there and give it his all and show what he has. I mean. That's all you need. That's your X factor right there. Yep. Just anybody that plays basketball knows that you got one guy that, you know, isn't the best player on the court, but gives it his all. You can win games, and you know he's never been. He hasn't been the greatest, the greatest player uh, here in the NBA. But uh, he's got a lot of talent. Though he's got a lot of talent, and, and he showed some of that last night. And, and the energy was probably just as important as the twelve points. Um, he really gave him a spark off the bench. Um, kept it rolling. Um, there late in the first quarter into the second to keep that lead, you know, around 10 points like it was for pretty much the whole first half. And um, and then they expanded on that, obviously, in the third quarter and turned it into a blowout going into the fourth. I believe they're up 20, you know, going into the fourth. Um, so great contribution from him. We'll see if he can give con- consistent contribution like that. Um, yeah. I, I think we can expect that on the defensive end. Because um, defense is much more consistent night to night than scoring, especially from young players. So yeah. we might not see the 12 points on five and nine shooting again. But um, if he can give that defense, especially now the Milton's the primary option, you know that that's huge. Um, you know they, they they lost their best scoring threat, so defense has become even more important for them. Yeah. And you know losing their primary scoring option in Trey Young, you know the offense kind of ran through Lou Williams a little bit, but also. Bogdanovich and Herter were their two main initiators in the offense. Uh, both both played well. You know, Bogey has you know struggled with the knee injury. He's played through it. You got to give him credit for that. Um, until the last two games, he really didn't look like himself. Um, I still don't think he's quite a hundred percent, but he's looking a lot smoother. Um, doesn't look like it's bothering him as much. He ended up with twenty points, five assists, four steals on the defensive end, and then Herter. Um, Herter is just real smooth. He gets to his spots. No one rushes him. Yep. He plays at his own pace. Um, I really like his game. He had 15 and 7. And you know, like we said, with them initiating the offense, it wasn't just one person dribbling, one person setting a pick, and three people staring at the ball. Yep. It was you know cut, move, pass, make quick passes, make quick decisions, and they're making good decisions. And it led to a lot of open shots and easy buckets. Yeah, I mean, I agree with all that. I mean, Herter... It's just very patient. It's really nice seeing how patient his game is. It's also weird seeing that young of a guy out there just torching the Bucks that are supposed to be a great defensive team. Yeah. And they just really aren't showing that. And then Bogey, I mean, yeah, that's, I mean, if I'm not r- wrong, I mean, wasn't he supposed to be on the Bucks? Yeah, the Bucks, it, and Bucks had him. I, mean, I thought that right there was like, hey, they're they're winning it. Like, oh, yeah. They you got him. him and Drew Holiday? Like. You're winning. Yeah, they weren't giving up that much either. And um, now, yeah, now he's torching them, yeah. and they're paying the price for yeah. that one. So. That's what they get for tampering, which they're not the only team that does that. Everyone does it. Yeah. Well, I don't know why it's even a rule, because um, you could get everyone on it, but I guess their violation was so blatant, I can't 
remember the exact facts of it yeah. now, but um, if they're actually going to call you on it, you, you probably did something wrong. And uh, I think they had tried to say they signed him and he was going there, but he had actually never talked to them yet. <laughs> and it was like on his way to there. So it was just something crazy that like they just blew it. Yeah. They blew it and then it that might, was a guy they could have really used. It looks like they might have blown their you know championship yeah. because of that. And so the Hawks are obviously gr- happy to have him. I mean, he struggled at the beginning of this year. Um, and then he got hurt, uh, missed, I don't know, probably a month, month and a half. And when he came back, that's really when this team took off. It, you know, it happened at the same time Nate McMillan took over. Yep. Um, so, you know, having that secondary playmaker with Trey Young, and you really have three playmakers with Herter, Bogey, and Trey Young when he gets back. So it's nice that you have two other ones that you can rely on. And then a third one, you know, off the bench, who doesn't get many minutes otherwise, but Lou Williams can get his own shot, can get you a bucket, um, and, and just he's a veteran. You know, he knows how to play in the playoffs. Well, then they also got Gallinari, who's just, I mean, this dude used to average yeah. 20 points uh, a yeah. game. Yeah, we didn't bring him up, yeah. And they got him out there, and he can do his thing. If he's open, he's going to knock it down. Yeah. Um, and then he, he'll take advantage of size in the post, and he's got a nice little fadeaway that he can hit from anywhere from 8 to 18 feet pretty consistently. So, yeah, I mean – they do have options, uh, which that's part of the problem with the Bucks. Uh, I think we can dive into them. Is you know they don't really have many options outside of the big three, and you know that that happens when you spend so much of your salary cap on three players. You're you're not going to be able to find you know quality starters after that. Like you're going to struggle. Your most of your starters are going to be guys that should be coming off the bench and guys that are your eighth man really should be a tenth man and. Yeah, you kind of you make that sacrifice, and I think a lot of people are willing to make that sacrifice. Um, but it also can come back to haunt you in the playoffs, especially when you have an injury. I mean, that's that's what we saw with the Nets. I mean, when one of them got hurt, we still thought they were going to win because yeah. I mean that's a luxury of having a big three is when one of them gets hurt, you still got a chance. Yeah. But like if you're the Lakers, when one of them gets hurt, it's over. Yep, you're done. Like and but like you can win with them too. Because you can spend a little more on you know the rest of the guys, but exactly none of them are ready to step up and be that second star. And you need at least two stars to win in this league. Yes, um, three is a luxury, but it also comes at a price. And so we're seeing that price for the Bucks. Um, you know they got 16 points off the bench on six of 19 shooting in 63 minutes before it became scrub time. So I didn't I didn't count the last four minutes of the game. So. I mean, you, you need more than that. I mean, 63 minutes is, is, you know, one, quite a bit of minutes for the bench, especially with how little they've been playing. Um, they've really only been going eight deep here the last couple series. So that's about 20 minutes a piece, and you're only getting, you know, a little more than five points a piece out of them on, you know, call it six, seven shots a piece. So um, yeah. when, when you're not hitting your shots um, and – you know, Middleton and Holiday combined to go 12 of 34 for 35 points, 2 of 14 from 3, and 8 turnovers. So when you combine those two things, you're, you're not going to win even if Giannis doesn't yeah. get hurt. Like, they weren't going to win that game no matter what. Like, yeah, it would have been closer, probably wouldn't have ever gotten to, you know, clear the benches and let them play. But I, I couldn't see, you know, Giannis being the difference in that game, especially once it comes down the stretch, he's not the same player that he is yeah agreed i mean to be honest i think this series is just over 
Yeah. It's done for. I mean, I, I can't say that with confidence because I don't know if Giannis is coming back or not and if Trey Young's coming back. But my assumption is Trey Young has a better chance of coming back oh, than yeah. Giannis does. And I think everyone would agree with that. I'm not a doctor, so I don't know that. But what happened to Giannis did not look good. Uh, yeah. So I said there's no structural damage, which, yeah. but that doesn't mean he can come back in a week. No, hyper. I think it's a hyper extension. Yeah. Is what they're trying to say it is, and I mean I've had that, and that's not, that's not fun. Even yeah. if you play on it, which he's not. They're not going to. Yeah, back. they're yeah. not going to let him play on that. So that's not good at all. Yeah. So I mean, they they need they need more from their stars. They need more from their bench. I mean it. It's just they've been Jekyll and Hyde this whole playoffs. Um, you know, they were up by 34, I think. They won by 34 in Game 2 yep. after the Hawks, you know, had a great great win in Game 1 behind a great Trey Young game. You thought, all right, well, if they're just going to let Trey Young do what he wants off the pick and roll, this is probably Atlanta's series, even though the top-end talent definitely points to the Bucks winning. But, yeah. um, like you said, the coaching... Um, you know, Boonholzer might get fired if they win the finals. Who knows? Like, <laughs> like he's been yeah. that bad. Like, <laughs> like it's not because of him they're winning anything. Um, I mean, I can't imagine they do that. But like, I think anyone, any fan would be like, yeah, that's fine. I agree with that decision because yep. um, it's not just this playoffs. It's, it's you want to learn from your mistakes, and he hasn't done that yet. Like, he has a good strategy as a general rule in the regular season when you're playing. A two games or the course of the season, it generally works. But that's not what the playoffs is about. The playoffs is about matchups and taking advantage of what the other team has to offer. And what the other team is going to do is pick apart your flaws until you fix them. And yep. he doesn't fix them. Like, you, like yeah, Brook Lopez might not be that comfortable playing up there. Well, guess what? You don't need to play him. They're not hurting you inside. Exactly. All he's doing is shooting threes. Go with a smaller lineup. Put Pat Connaughton out there. He's got that athleticism to make up for it on the boards. Um, I mean, it's not like he's getting many boards anyways. So yeah. um, there's adjustments to be made. Um, he's going to be forced to make some somehow in this game. I don't think he's going to change the pick and roll adjustments, which you know no. people have been bitching at him to do for three years now. Um, but you know, we'll see if he can come up with something and see if Milton can step up and you know prove why he's a max player. Um, and you know. But if Trey Young comes back, yeah, it's definitely over. And and I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him back for game five or six. No, uh, it didn't look too bad. Obviously, he was hobbled. I mean, he, he was able to come back for a little bit. Obviously, that's a little adrenaline, but that that's a good sign. Like, yeah, that's he wasn't sign. just like, All right, I'm I'm done. Like, yeah. And so, if he comes back, it's a wrap. And and then who knows what happens in the finals? I mean, no one could thought this Hawks team could win um, before the playoffs, and then after each Especially. round, like. No one still out. No one gave him a they've chance. They've been impressing us the whole time. Yeah, I mean, what they've been doing. I mean, it's just they have something about them, you know, destiny, whatever you want to call it. Um, it just seems like, and it kind of seems that way for the Clippers too. I hate to bring that up, and we'll I get know. to that game in a little bit, but like they get behind every series, and then they just show no fear, come Something's back. Happened, yeah, yeah, and they they, they look like being in that position. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, it, it's tough to say what happens from here on out. I mean, the Bucks are going to have to shoot the ball better if they're going to win. I mean, that's really been the um, name of the game for them in the playoffs. Um, they were 8 of 39 from 3 for 21%. I mean, that's that's not going to get it done when that many of your shots are from 3 and you're connecting at that low clip. Um, so they, they got adjustments to make. They're probably not going to make them. They're just going to roll the ball out there. And they do have... 
some top end talent, so they, they could still win this. Um, but I, I'm with you. I, th- I think I think the Hawks got this. Um, yeah. Whether or not Trey comes back, um, I hope he does come back at least for the finals if they get there. Um, I don't know that they need him here. I, I kind of like watching this version of the, the Hawks. Yeah, um, it's a fun. So fun like either way, like, it'll be fun to watch. And that's the one thing about this playoffs. Everyone wants to you know put it down because all these injuries and and yeah that's that's fine like the playoffs would have doubling on differently if there wasn't in injuries like no doubt about it but like that yeah. happens with every playoffs yeah, this one especially happens but the games have still been really good and really exciting there's been a lot of drama you can't complain about what you're seeing as the product um a lot of guys reggie jackson um Terrence Mann, I know I'm with Snow Clippers right now, but yeah. uh, they, they've, they've really stepped up when, in Kawhi Leonard's absence. And so um, there's been other players like that as well. Monte Morris did it for the Nuggets. Um, I'll bring up a team you guys beat. So um, <laughs> And the absence of Jamal Murray. So, I mean, it's it's given other people opportunities to step up and show they can play. And, and that's been exciting. Just, you know, maybe you're not seeing quite the level of basketball you hope to because you, you want to see the best players play as good as they can in the biggest stage. But this has been a nice change of pace. We haven't seen LeBron versus the Warriors like we saw for so long. And it's just new new blood in there. And it's, it's refreshing. Um, you know, I, I would say next year I wouldn't mind it going back to seeing the highest level of basketball. And this this is still very high level of basketball. Very high. Yeah. And um, it's been surprisingly high. Like I've Every time there's been an injury, I'm like, all right, this is going to suck. Like, I'm not even going to want to watch anymore. Like, that's what I thought going into the game last night. I was Someone like, this, always this steps is, up, though. Yeah, I was like, this is over. Um, but clearly wasn't. It, it was over in the other direction. It, it was yeah. over right when it started. They got up by, like, 15 in the first five or six minutes and never looked back. So um, you just never know what you're going to see. Um, we can't really predict this series without knowing the status of Trey and Giannis, but um, – Everything our senses tell us is that there's a better chance Trey comes back and there's a better chance the Hawks win. So that's Definitely. about as good as we can do analyzing going forward. I mean, after this, I think uh, I think the Bucks have to tear it down after this. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I mean, the first step would obviously be fire Budenholzer. That should have been the first step about, <laughs> yeah, about a year or two ago. Yeah, um, you're right about that. Um, and then the question, you're not trading Giannis, obviously. Um, you just yeah. got Holiday. Um, is Middleton the piece that goes? Um, I think his trade value is still pretty high. So, I mean, that would of course. that would make sense. Like, he hasn't, he hasn't played great in these playoffs, but he hasn't played terribly. He's just been inconsistent, which I mean, he, he'd want a little more consistency out of him. Yeah, like a Middleton on, like, the Blazers. Yeah. Maybe, maybe be a part of a uh, Damian Lillard trade. Um, you obviously have to give him more than that, but... Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, but um, you can maybe find some work, maybe with some picks. Although they lost a lot of their picks with the uh, Drew Holiday trade, so it might be might be out on the Dame Lillard stakes. But maybe maybe a CJ McCollum trade uh, be yeah. more realistic. Um, so um, yeah, let's let's move on to uh, your team here in the Western Conference That's Finals. Um, so we're just coming off Game Five on Monday with a. Uh, Clippers win, I believe a 14-point win, forcing a Game 6 tonight in L.A. So we're recording this at just past 7 o'clock Eastern time on Wednesday night. So a couple hours before game time. So first we'll uh, break down Game 5 and then we'll jump into the adjustments for Game 6 and and get 
get your thoughts as a Suns fan and what you're really thinking, how nervous you are, and uh, yeah. <laughs> dive into that. Um, person that's probably going to make you most nervous going into the game tonight is Paul George. Of course. Um, you know, he. This is a stat that they showed on the game last night, and I couldn't believe it. Um, he scored 20 plus points in his first 18 playoff games this year. Um, Kobe's done it, KD's done it, and Jordan's done it three times. Um, that's it. That's the list. LeBron's never done it. Magic's never done it. Bird's never done it. Oscar Robinson's never done it. I mean, it's a special list, right? Yeah. There. I mean, it's it's pretty crazy. Um, he's been inconsistent, but he's still got his. Even though he hasn't shot the ball, he's still attacking. He's being aggressive, and you know there are games with. Obviously, the first half of those games were with Kawhi Leonard, so it wasn't like he was getting every look. Everything was going through him those first, you know, nine, ten games, um, or however. There's probably 12 games, actually, that they had together. Um, so he had 41, 13, and 6. That was a playoff career high for him. So there's playoff P for you right there and at his finest. He had 20 in the third, 30 in the second half. Um, you know, he's 75% from the floor. Came, coming into the that game, he was 36 in the first four games of the series. Um, another incredible thing about Paul George, um, he leads the NBA in minutes in these playoffs, 735 minutes. Guess who's second and how many minutes they have? It have to be Booker. Booker's second. Guess how many minutes he has, though? At least 700? 605. That's how he's played 130 oh more minutes than the next closest player. Jeez. So the the load that he's been asked to carry has been incredible. So, you know, when makes people, it special. yeah, I mean that that makes it even more special, and you know, it gives him a little bit of an excuse for having an off shooting night because he's it, it's not like he's Trey Young where he's a DH and just sitting around on the defensive yeah. end. He's he might not always be covering the best player, but he's. He's active. He's playing hard. Um, he's a two-way player, so playing that many minutes, that hard, has to be the focal point of the night. The focal point of the offense every night. I mean, it's been incredible what he's done. Yeah, I mean, him. We knew he was going to do this. At least I did, as being as a Suns fan. I knew he was going to come in here, and he was definitely going to torch us. I knew that, and it was just containing everybody else. But. Yeah, I mean, these stats are just absurd to see that he just played that much in these games. And, you know, to think the last year when, during the the bubble, like how bad he was. Yeah. And then to now. But we all knew he was good. Just so many people wanted to believe he was bad. Yeah. And, I mean, um, yeah, I mean, peop- if he hadn't hit that shot off the backboard, I don't think he would have gotten nearly as much shit as he got. Like, yeah. Fair, fair or not, like. It was embarrassing, but it's really not that bad of a shot. Like it's he not, was wide open. Yeah, that. exactly. Right. It happens. I mean, you hope that a professional basketball player doesn't do that, but I've seen it happen several times. Like every time you see it now, you just call it a Paul George. We've but seen a happened. guy miss a layup. Yeah. Like I mean, it's gonna happen. Yeah. Like. So I mean, he obviously didn't play well last year, um, and you know, you get on him for that. He's he's a max level player. He came there to win a championship, um, and he teamed up with Kawhi, and and he needed to. You know their team was built around them to dominating in the playoffs. Um, which you know when they when they signed Kawhi after trading for Paul George, you know I thought they were the finals favorites because you know having two elite wings in the playoffs I think is better than having say a LeBron and AD yeah. where you have one elite wing and one elite big. Like wings can do everything. Exactly, they can handle the ball. 
or at least these wings that we're talking about. They can handle the ball, they can shoot, they can pass, they can rebound, they can cover one through four. Yep. Um, I mean, they can cover your Giannis. They can go yeah. down to your KD. They can go. They can cover Trey Young. Yeah, they can go all over the court wherever you need them, and that's the biggest thing. And then they can score on the other end. So when you got two great defenders, they're you wouldn't say three and D players, but I mean, geez, like I mean, they can do that, but they can do yeah, a lot more. They yeah. can do a lot more. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they're the two best three and D guys in the league, pretty yes. much. Yes. Um, so yeah, he, he also got some help, obviously too. Um, Marcus Morris came out of hibernation. Uh, he was battling an injury a little bit there, but he ended up uh, with twenty two points. He had just twenty five total in the first four games. So um, you know, I think the Clippers are kind of written off, even though they put him in the starting lineup to really expect too much out of him, given you know his nagging injury um, at this time of the year. It just it just kind of piles up on you. And you're not able to overcome it. I mean. He started six for six with 13 points in the first six minutes of the game. So, I mean, they got off to a great start. He was a big reason for it. Um, no one was really expecting that. I mean, you included. You yeah. especially, I would say. Yeah, like I said, I mean, I hear the commentators during the game, and they're sitting there saying, why they're not? Why is he not kind of going off, which he's not a scorer. And it makes me mad watching him <laughs> score out there. It's like, why is this guy doing that? He's going to also let you know about it too. Yeah. So. And he's going to talk, but I mean, I get why he's out there. He's a hustler. He's a tough guy. And yeah. He's their enforcer. Yep. Exactly. He's their enforcer. He's, you know, we have Jay Crowder Yeah, and they got Marcus Morris. So, yep. I mean, I get why they have him out there, but this guy should not be putting up over 10 points on us. <laughs> yeah. And that's my opinion, but I mean, he should be shut down most of the game. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that's unrealistic. And, I mean, you had, for most of the series, he, he got hot. He had a bunch of mid-range jumpers, a couple threes, um, got in the paint a couple times. So, yeah, I mean, if they're going to get contribute, contributions like that from, um, you know, him and then DeMarcus Cousin had 15 points in 11 minutes, I mean, that's completely unexpected too. I mean, DeMarcus Cousins has been terrible these playoffs. I mean, I can't really <laughs> give him too much crap because – you're that big and you tear your Achilles like and have a couple other injuries your yeah. knee injuries ACL after that. Like, and yeah. Achilles like yeah you're, you're the you're odds of you it. ever coming back is the fact that you ever made it back to the NBA is pretty incredible so you just don't expect anything I mean 15 and 11 minutes I mean that's that's just not some good defense but I think that's like the point. second time the first time he played like 10 minutes and got 11 points really I mean, oh yeah in game one yeah but he's I mean, also he's averaging like four or five thousand those <laughs> minutes yeah. so I get why he's out there but I mean he I he does make them a little better out there, but at the same time, he is a liability. Yeah, I he mean, can't move on, like he used yeah, to. on d- defense, you're just gonna <clears throat> attack him, put him in pick and rolls, and and you know make him you know defend the high screen, and um, and that's why he's only out there for 11 minutes because <laughs> Ty Lue realizes that it is a huge liability on the defensive end, but he's just trying to buy some minutes for, and he, he got great minutes from him. He couldn't ask for better than that, and then. Speaking of great minutes, Reggie Jackson, probably the most unsung hero of the playoffs. No one really saw this coming. I mean, he's shown flashes of being a great scorer. Um, he's never lacked confidence, I would say. No, um, he's never. always he's always had confidence himself, and he he's capitalized on this opportunity. I mean, even before Kawhi went out, he was playing really well. Um, he had you know another another twenty point game, twenty three points on eight of fourteen shooting. Um, He's averaging about 50% in the playoffs now um, from the field, uh, close to 40% from three. So, I mean, he's just – he's been great. 
Um, he's he, he normally is a volume scorer, um, yeah. but he's been an efficient scorer, which is even better. Yeah, um, he's been very surprising. Um, man, again, I hate it being a Suns fan, but yeah, he's been. I actually liked Reggie Jackson years ago, and seeing what he's doing now, it's, it's pretty cool. But I mean, not against my Suns. <laughs> yeah, against it's any a other team. Story. But yeah, I mean, he's definitely helping him out big time. And I would say the other guy to put in here is uh, Patrick Beverly. Yeah, he's been he changed the series in, in game two. Changed um, it completely. He obviously doesn't give you much on the offensive end, um, but you, you've gotten these contributions from everyone else, so you're able to get away with that. But I mean, he's made Devin Booker work for everything he's yeah. got. I mean, it looked so easy for Devin Booker in the first game of forty points, I think it was. Yeah. Um, and he just pissed the shit out of him too. That's what yeah. he does. That's his it's job. It's annoying. It's annoying to watch him. It yeah. pisses me off watching him out there. You're like, geez, like someone hit this guy. Yeah, it might happen this game. You know? Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> just hopefully it's not Booker. Yeah, bring, as long as it's uh, not Booker. Bring someone off the bench for that. Um, yeah. So I mean, like we said, the Clippers. I mean, it almost seems like they're destined to come back and win this. I don't want to say that. I'm rooting for. The Suns, too, I'm a huge Chris Paul fan, always have been, so I want him to get his chip, and I am, I'm hoping for your sake that that's not the case, that they're able to come back. But, yeah. I mean, they, they've been in this position before. They're not afraid of the moment, um, and they're just competing their asses off. I mean, that's when you watch them, you just, you just look. They're playing harder than the other team, and that's part of the reason why they're able to come back. They want it more, um, which is hard to say in the playoffs because obviously everyone out there really wants it. Um, and it's competing, but like they just look like they're playing at a different intensity level. Um, and another reason they've been able to make these comebacks is once they get down, Ty Lue makes those adjustments that yeah. Budenholzer doesn't make. I mean, you saw him last night in the previous series. They went small and killed him. Um, just going small, attacking Rudy Gobert. Um, they haven't been able to attack Aiden that way yeah. um, when they've gone small, but they went exclusively small pretty much except for when DeMarcus Cousins came in the game. Um, and the way that they're able to limit Aiden, who's been a beast in this series, is they went zone, and yeah. they never really figured it out. They kept running a high pick and roll with with uh, CP3 and Booker, um, which isn't your traditional way to beat a zone. Uh, Chris Paul is always going to find the mismatch and just attack that. You know, like we were talking about, if there's a mismatch, just attack it, attack it. And and there are shots that they generally hit um, that they, they weren't making. Chris Paul missed a lot of his right wing, you yeah. know, pull ups mid range. Um, so if they can hit those, you know, I think I think they'll win easily tonight. But they haven't been hitting them the last few games. Yeah, we've been missing a lot. Um, I mean, I do have to give it to Ty Lue. I I didn't give him a lot of credit through the years, but yeah, yeah his adjustments. I mean, it's not that. He's just making them one by like game by game. He's making them half by half. Yeah. So he's consistently changing his adjustments, and I mean the biggest one, like we said, is Beverly on Booker. Yeah. That one, as soon as I knew when Beverly was coming in, that was going to change a lot of things. Yeah. And, and that's why they have him did. there. I yeah. mean, to do stuff like that. Yep. Uh, yeah, and I mean on top of that, you know, you'd think them going small, the Suns would dominate the paint with Aiden and. And, you know, the Clips would have a tough time scoring in the paint. But the Clippers actually outscored um, Phoenix 58-32 to 32 in the paint. I mean, that's just, you would never have guessed that going. If if I told you, you know, 40 minutes out of the game, they were going to be playing five wings and guards, you, you just wouldn't expect that. You would expect Aiden to have a huge game. Yeah. Them to get killed on the boards. It was pretty much even on the boards. Um, 
So they did a great job team rebounding out of that zone. Um, I expect they're going to start in that zone again tonight. And until they start hitting, like, one thing, you know, one thing that always beats the zone, you you know this as a shooter, is just knocking down jump shots. Yep. And, and they, they didn't do that. They didn't shoot terribly, but they didn't shoot that many threes. They only shot 26 threes. And, and I think the best way is to really move the ball around against the zone. They didn't, yeah. I'd say they were, it was mostly dribble, 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 pick and roll. And, you know, you're not going to get those wide open threes that you're going to get with quick, quick ball movement. Um, and, and once you get those looks, then they start closing out to our, then you go the hole, then you're dropping it off to Aiden for a dunk. And um, it, it was just pretty predictable what they were doing. And, um, and I think they need to make an adjustment to the zone if they're going to be able to beat them tonight because that, that was tough for them to score the other night. Yeah, it is. I mean, the high pick and roll was working for us when, you know, first the Nuggets when Porter did just did not want to cover anybody. But now it's – they're making the changes. Beverly's getting over the picks. and <laughs> That's my dog in case you guys hear that. Hi, Cooper. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we got to make adjustments too. And bringing in guys like Nader, that's not going to get it done for us. I mean, we talked about that before. He's not going to get it done for us. But, like, a Tory Craig out there helping on the defense. Yeah, he, he came in late and gave him good minutes, but it was almost too late at that point. Exactly. So, I mean, we do have to make some adjustments. Um, we are a great passing team. Yeah. Um, and, obviously, you know, CP3 is the point guy. Yeah, the point guy. He's the orchestrator of all of that. But if we're not moving it quick and we're not making good decisions, I mean. Yeah, make the defense move from side to side and make them – Make them make decisions, hit hit the gaps, and make them, all right, is the top guy coming? Because like, they, they don't practice zone that much. So, like, obviously everyone has been playing it since they're, you know, five years old or whenever they started playing basketball. That's how you learn how to play the game. But, like, it's not something they practice. They're obviously practicing yesterday in practice because they know that's all they're going to play today until yeah. they absolutely have to come out of it. Um, so, I mean, I think a big thing ever since the Clippers started coming back in the series Chris Paul and Booker haven't really played well. Booker had 31 yep. the other night. It wasn't an efficient 31. Um, you know, he, he got his, but, it, you know, it wasn't like he was in game one where he was just controlling the game. Yeah, I mean, he's getting aggravated out there. You got yeah. Beverly on you, and he's a pest out there. And that's what's happening, and that's what you see is they're getting frustrated, and we're not taking the normal shots we do. There's always one extra pass we could make for a better shot. And I mean... Booker taking a shot isn't the worst thing in the world. I mean, great shooter, but yeah, we just gotta make that it's a one shot you more can get pass. every time. Yeah, we need to make that one more pass. You know, bring the D into him because that's what they're doing. Yeah. And with Aiden, I mean, on defense, they're just taking two to three of those guys, boxing him out, yep. and the wing is coming down, grabbing the board, and that's why you know we're not getting rebounds down there. Yeah. I mean, and, I would have thought, you know, if they're doing that to Aiden. I mean, Mikel Bridges has shown this series his, his ability to sneak in there and get some some sneaky offensive rebounds like PJ Tucker has done for the Bucks in the other series. Um, so you know I would see them probably crash the boards pretty hard. They they didn't really get out in transition except for in the first quarter when there was a couple of live ball turnovers yeah. that got them off to a good start there. Um, but yeah, I mean CP3 has got to play better. Um, he was twenty two and eight the other night, which you know sounds pretty good. Um, which it is pretty good, but he was 0 for 6 from 3. He's shooting 31% from the field and 12% from 3 this series. So, I mean, that's just not going to cut it. I mean, we gave him all the praise in the world last series, and he deserved it. And, you know, it's also like a lifetime achievement 
you know, praise that we're giving him. He's finally getting his due. I mean, he's gotten his due, but he's finally getting his time in the limelight. And and I hope I hope he's able to turn around. I I think he will. I mean, he's been a great playoff performer his whole career. He's gotten a bad rap about that because he hasn't advanced necessarily. Um, yeah. But it, it hasn't been because he hasn't played well. Um, yeah. So I expect him to have a big game tonight. I mean, I don't think he should be shooting six threes a game. Yeah. I don't think that's part of his game. I mean, we saw last series, he's one of the best mid-range shooters. Yeah. I mean, stay with that. Stay with what you're good at. And he can get that shot almost every time. And we're just 12%. Yeah, it's just that's horrible to see Yeah, right there. Yeah, and, and then another adjustment, too. You, you know, mentioned Torrey Craig. I mean, I think he probably got five to eight minutes or something the other night. Yep. Um, probably like to see that at least 12 to 15. The way he's, I mean, he's been a key part for this. I mean, um, you run team. him just like they're running Beverly. You put Craig on Paul George and aggravate him yeah. and annoy him and annoy him to the point where the rest of the game he's frustrated. So that way, when he comes out, the next guy guards him, whether it's Bridges or Booker, you know, he's still frustrated and, yeah. and still in that mindset, and we can never get him going again. Yeah, and use him to, you know, Bridges can play that much harder because he's playing, you know, five minutes less, eight minutes less, whatever it is. Um, he can give you that much more effort, especially if he's covering Paul George. You just yeah. want him to wear himself out because he's competing so hard yeah. on that end. Let Craig take those two or three fouls. I yeah. mean, so that way, you know, Aiden or uh, Bridges or, I mean, even Crowder, like those guys aren't getting fouls because Crowder, I mean, he's not the best player out there, but I mean, he's, he's, he's been holding he's his own. He's someone you want yeah. on your team in the playoffs for sure. He's, um, doing a, he's been a solid piece for us for sure. And, you know, the problem is that you guys almost have too many wings. Um, Cam Johnson's played great these playoffs yes. too, especially the last couple games. I think he's I think he's 10 of 11 the last two games for like 23 points or something like that. He had 14, or he's got to have more than that. But, you know, you get the point. Um, and he's he had three steals the other night. I think he played... I can't remember exactly how many events he played, but it was less than 20, I believe. Yeah, um, it was less than 20. And so, you know, you're, you're getting some contributions off the bench. Kel Bridges hasn't had the best series. Um, he hasn't shot the nah. ball particularly well. He always competes. You love that. I mean, I love his game. Um, I'm not suggesting to bench him or anything, but I'm saying maybe give Cam Johnson a little, little more. Because, I mean, that's, that's what we've been missing from the Suns the whole series is shooting ability. And that's the one thing he came into the league as is a shooter. And he's actually turned into a much better player all around than that. I mean, he's he's actually a pretty solid defender. Maybe not quite as good as Bridges. You you know, yeah, got votes so for all defensive team, but he can hold his own on there. He's not gonna yeah. get you know. It's not gonna be like I got to yank him because he's giving up points on that end. Yeah, I mean, I agree. He's not the def- defender that uh, Bridges is, but I mean, we do need his scoring out there. I think this game well, that was the last game. He started the game five for five. Yeah. Uh, it might have been both of them, to be honest. And, I mean, he was five for five last game. He's five for six this past, or five for five game four, five for six game six. Yeah. Five. So I mean, he can hit his shots. I mean, he's proven to be a good player and a great role player for us. And I mean, he needs to get those minutes. So putting him out there, take Crowder out, give him, you know, some rest and get yeah. us some some more offense out there, so that we're spreading that floor more and that they yeah. have to respect the three. Yeah, especially line. against his own. And yeah, respect that three-point line, and that way we can get back into Aiden in those pick-and-rolls, and then we'll be good. Because, I mean, the pick-and-rolls are what what we've been winning the whole series and yeah. with, so yeah. why not keep doing that? But, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Crowder, like you said, take take some minutes away from him and give him to Cam Johnson. I mean, he's a, he's a decent three-point shooter. He'll knock, yeah. knock down an open three, but he's not the knockdown shooter that Cam Johnson is no, where. Not at all. you got to know where he is at all times when you're playing his zone. Um, so, I mean, like you said, it, it's all about adjustments. Um, Monty Williams has been 
making some pretty good calls this year, this postseason. Um, on top of that, he's a great leader, so he'll have the guys ready to go. I mean, granted, if you need to get ready to go, need someone to pump you up for this game, you, you might not be the best person to be out there anyways, but um, he'll make sure, and he's so calm. Like, yeah. I, I, it's incredible. Like, you know, they were, you know, the Clips were making a big run. They were down 12. It looked like the game was getting away from him, and you would have thought they were up 15 the way he was talking to the team. Yeah. Um, and, you know, having that on the sidelines is – well, plus Chris Paul. I mean, when you got both of them, uh, it'll just help when the going gets tough, and it has. I mean, this is definitely, I mean, for the past 10 years, the best coach we've had. I mean, we had to deal with Earl Watson and Igor, whatever his last name was. I mean, Earl Watson got fired after four games for losing. We lost those four games, all of them by over 30 points. I mean, that's, that's pretty bad. So it is nice to have someone, a coach that the players like and – is actually running a system out there that's working for us. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess one one question mark, you know, it's not a huge question mark, but it'll definitely change the style of play is whether Zubak plays tonight. Um, at the time of the beginning of this podcast, it had not been announced yet. So what are your thoughts? Is it better if he plays or not? Because they're, they're more likely to not play the small ball, not go with the zone. I mean, he, it's not like he's been stopping Aiden. Aiden's yeah. had his way when he's out there. So, you know, what, what do you think is a better outcome for you guys? I think it's better if Zubak plays, but it's not by a landslide. Yeah. I think, I mean, Zubak definitely, he's not a he's great center. He's played pretty well on, but he's on been, offense. Yeah, he's yeah, been he's pretty been good. He's what you want. I mean, good hustle, getting rebounds. I mean, he does what the Clippers need. Yeah, he doesn't play outside of them. So. But like you said, it, takes away from that small ball which is what we really need yeah yeah so i mean i guess the last thing is uh how you feeling how, how nervous are you? you you feel confidence in a game six win tonight in the first final trip since i believe um i guess since charles barkley was there right yeah since charles yeah i mean nash can never get us there unfortunately but uh i am definitely a little nervous i was actually more confident last game yeah but now it's it's setting in. It's because if we go to Game Seven, yeah, then I anything mean, can happen. Anything can happen there. And uh, you know, I know this is starting to hit Chris Paul. I mean, he's lost a three-one series before. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's uh, definitely in the back of his mind. That's what I hate that it's in the back of his mind, especially so, when he's this close to getting his first Finals appearance. I know. I would love for for us to be there. And I mean, you know, I was about to buy plane tickets and everything to go to game one but now it's like oh i don't know maybe i just jinx it for us i mean i I would still do that i mean that crowd looks incredible yeah Um, i mean it's incredible to watch on tv one it's just great to have crowds back in general after what we went through the last year and a half but i mean that's a underrated crowd i mean part of it's because they normally don't have anything to cheer for unfortunately exactly i mean you've known that i mean it's been 10 years since you, you guys have really had a solid team yeah. Uh, obviously, those were some of the most fun teams to root for um, in recent memory. So um, you've had your moments. They've just been few, few and far between. Exactly. Well, I'm rooting for you guys tonight. I'm, I'm all, all on the Suns bandwagon. I've been on it since the beginning of the playoffs. Um, honestly, though, I think it's going to go game seven, and I think you guys will pull it out there, make it as interesting as possible, make you sweat a little bit. Oh, yeah. um, the good news all you got to do is get to the finals because you might either have no Giannis, which is possible. Yeah. Like they never comes back in the playoffs, no matter how far they make it. 
or possibly no tray. That seems less likely, mm-hmm. but you might have a hobbled tray, and you also have a four seed, you know, that no one expected to get there. So obviously they're playing much better basketball than they played for the majority of the season. So you can't take them lightly, but you got to like your odds rather than going up against oh, yeah. the Nets. Oh, I love our odds. I mean, if we can get to the finals, I think I think we'll have it. But yeah, I mean. We just got to get there first. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we got to get past this series. Don't count your chickens before they hatch. Exactly. All right. Well, you got anything else to say about the series or the finals or anything else playoff related? Nope. That's it. I mean, as long as we can get this win tonight, it'll be nice. And then we can get that nice rest. Yep. That'll be c- crucial. I mean, especially, I mean, people talk about Devin Booker not being able to play with, you know, the, the mask is affecting him. And I'm sure it's annoying to play with, but like, the broken nose doesn't affect your game. It's not like you have a sprained yeah, ankle. Like, it doesn't affect your game. Um, so, but just maybe it gets a couple extra game, days off. Doesn't need that mask. It's a couple extra game, days off. Chris Paul fully recovered from COVID. Who knows how much that's affecting him. Yep. He hasn't played well since he's come back. It's mostly been his shooting. Um, you'd really be concerned more about his stamina. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And it seems like he's fine. Um, but you, you never know. The rest of this time of the year is good no matter what. So, exactly. Um, yeah, especially with the other series being like game and a half behind. Um, and the, the series, you, you'll get probably a good five to six days if you can pull it out tonight. I'm not sure exactly when the finals is supposed to start, but we will be back when they do. Um, that will probably be our next podcast, previewing the finals and wrapping up the conference finals. Thank you guys for joining us. Thank you, Cody, for coming on. It's great to have you. Of course. Thank you for having me. Thanks thanks for that part, Cooper. (laughs) I appreciate it. This has been awesome. Yeah, man. Well, until next time, it's been a pleasure. Check us out on MrNoLook.com, the White Man Can't Jump podcast. You can find it anywhere you get your podcasts. Um, Until then, peace.